0: Carter comes up shooting, he... got it! 1.2 seconds to go! Vince Carter, you are amazing! Give it to me, a little baby black, get that garbage out of here! <laughs> <laughs> oh. mm. Hey folks, we are back. It is a beautiful spring day in the 6th. And in the intro, the newest addition was the scream of Mr. Jonas Valanciunas, brought to you by the lovely recording of Candace. Thank you, Candace. Shout out to Candace. So, a uh, little bit of a bittersweet evening for myself last night. Going out for a few drinks, trying to watch the Raptors game and also maintain a conversation. And also, seeing the Toronto Raptors advance to the second round of Were the you NBA on a date? playoffs. I was on a date. So I was trying my best to keep an eye on the screen, and also I got an update on my phone. Listen, the NFL draft for me is my Christmas, okay? And what happened yesterday? Chicago Bears trading up to get Mitch Trubisky is the literal equivalent of Santa Claus coming to my house and shitting under my Christmas tree. Brendan, can we rein
1: this into basketball matters? Yes,
0: this is a basketball podcast. I will continue this conversation some other time. I hate you, Mitch Trubisky. Just want to put that out there. Already, So Raptors, big win last night, but they weren't the only Toronto team to win or advance or win a championship. Shout out to the 905. The Toronto 905 won the NV or an NBA Development League title yesterday. Bruno! Bruno Caboclo, thirty one points, eleven rebounds. He uh thirteen for nineteen from the field, five for seven from the three point range. Fred Van Fleet wow. had, had another twenty-eight points, ten for seventeen shooting, fourteen rebounds, fourteen Past, assists. 14 assists. 14, 14, no, 14 rebounds. we got to check that. I'm looking that. at my, my my sheet right now, and it says 14 rebounds. You're probably right, 14 assists. But um, moving on, Pascal Siakam also had 17 points. Uh, Troy wow. Williams led the Vipers with 23 points. So congratulations, Toronto 905s. Uh, what's your impression of Bruno? as he kind of turned a corner? and you think he's going to be part of the rotation next year? Where do you stand with Bruno, Greg? Well, first, let me say
1: congrats also to Jerry Stackhouse, the coach in training for the Toronto Raptors. I think he's done a fantastic job with that young group. Um, Back to Bruno, hey, you know, he looks to be about a year away from being a year away instead of two and two. You know what, though? He's coming along, man. He's coming along.
0: But regardless, you know, he could be another three years away. His improvement, his ability to stretch the floor, his skill set, his size, his length, is the definition of a unique Addition or any commodity in the NBA. Oh yeah, he's Yanis he Light, multiple man. Positions. He's Yanis yeah. Light. He's Antetokounmpo Light. I think when he was coming to league, he was kind of referred to as the uh, Brazilian Kevin Durant, which is a little bit of a stretch. But no, Bruno's been making fantastic strides. Um, you know, keep in mind Ronnie Hood was still on the board during that draft, and I obviously <laughs> would rather have <laughs> Ronnie Hood in our rotation right now as opposed to Bruno sort of dealing with the D League. But you know, congratulations and great performance out of our. Uh, the man who's probably another three years away from being three years away. I think he's just a year away <laughs> from being a
1: year away now. He's, he's a year away
0: from being a I year away. I think
1: not this not this upcoming season, but the next season, we will see an impactful Bruno Caboclo.
0: Four years from now. That's my when
1: prediction. Jerry Stackhouse
0: takes over as our head coach. That's my prediction. All righty. Um, so last night, Toronto Raptors, big win, game six. took the to Milwaukee Bucks. A few issues with that win, though. You know, because especially, you know, M- Milwaukee gaining momentum in the fourth quarter, losing the margin of victory we had. Are there any concerns with the team right now? What do you see the Toronto Raptors as moving into the second round? And what's your th- what's your thoughts of their performance last night?
1: Well, well look, obviously, you don't want to see a team give up a 25-point fourth-quarter lead. Um, that goes without saying. However... What I was most impressed with last night was that after they gave up the lead, they showed the resilience, the poise, the maturity to actually take it back. right? And I think that really separates the mature and immature teams in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Where, okay, you fumbled the lead a bit. And look, you expect Milwaukee to make a run like that. We were hammering them at home in a, in a closeout game. The fans started chanting defense, defense when they were 20 points down. They're going to get that energy. Jason Kidd's got them motivated. I was just impressed that the Raptors did not crumble. They bent, but they didn't break. And that, to me, is a sign of progress. And my God, shout out to DeMar Rimrocker DeRozan. For all those writers, analysts, who have doubted this young man. Haters. The haters. Let's tell it like it is. The haters. To all those people, I hope. They saw the highlights. I know they didn't watch the game. Ain't no Americans watching the game. But I hope they saw those highlights. Because that dunk at the end of the game, when he just rocked the rim, like the whole basket was shaking. And you could just see it after he made that dunk. The passion, that's been years and years of work. Yeah, we're closing out teams in six. We should have done it in five, but we did it in six. Done.
0: So, Greg, Toronto Maple Leafs out of the playoffs. Great season, in six yeah, by the Washington great season, Capitals. Great season for those young men. Toronto Blue Jays are playing like complete dog shit right now, unfortunately. You know, the Toronto Raptors are the face of a sports team in the city. What's the buzz in the city right now? Well, What's your feeling? Are, are people you know, jumping on the Raptors bandwagon? Is it a bandwagon? Do we have actual dedicated fans? Or is it just a team that's doing really well right now and people are kind of latching on to their success? Uh, I think it's a little bit of all of
1: that. Look, the atmosphere is palpable. You can feel the hype starting to brew. Uh, I was on Danforth uh, just before we met up today for this podcast. Danforth, for our listeners who don't live in quote-unquote six, I like to call it the T-dot, Toronto um, is
0: the center of the universe, so obviously you know where the Danforth is. The Danforth. I'm go.
1: I'm chilling on the Danforth, having <laughs> a coffee, and I'm seeing Raptors jerseys, Raptors hats, Raptors car flags. I think there is a, 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 a palpable feeling of hype that now surrounds the team. And look, rightfully so. Like you say, this has been the most successful Toronto franchise of the past five years. The last three out of four playoff series they've won. I mean, I don't... I, I understand why some of the people that do the other podcasts, I'm not going to name names, act like the sky is falling when we lose a game. I, I, I get it. Maybe they've never played competitive sport. Maybe they've never coached, right? And the Raptors have a history of being inconsistent. But you know what? It was just one game. And this team showed tremendous grit and maturity. I and think resilience, the, and for and sure. And
0: resilience, yeah. No, like, you look at those two blowouts, um, you know, it was a very alarming situation, specifically game three. Um, you know, were we going to bounce back? I remember mentioning to you that I have no idea what's going to happen the next game. Yeah. And what do we yeah. do? We bounce back. We continue building on the success of the previous night, and we kept building and building and building. And you know, coming into Game Six, you know, we've been down this road before. We faced the Game Six. You know, many pundits were predicting us to lose. And they always lose. We always lose
1: Game Six, right? So that's a clear sign of maturity. A yeah. clear sign of development. To be able to close out on the road, but. If, if we could, Brandon, I think that there were some turning points, right, in the series. And one of the things for me in watching the series that was just really entertaining as a coach was the matchup between <laughs> Dwayne Casey and Jay Kidd. They have themselves a little bit of a rivalry going, right? Because right? first it was J. Kidd coming out with Don Maker at the five, right, and and, and really, really creating a quick, uh, long, uh, spaced-out lineup, okay, that, to which Casey had to respond because they were bringing Monroe off the bench. Monroe was killing us in that second unit. So Casey goes small. As much as you think Ibaka is going small, right? They go small, they bring, they bring JV off the bench. They put in my man, Norman Powell, right? Like big props to Norman Powell in this series. Okay, they bring him in the starting lineup. It brings the athleticism. It brings the energy. It brings the fast break. And then you see Jake Kid try again. Then he's playing Monroe with the starting unit. Okay, so now we got a match you know, J.V. and 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 Ibaka. I just thought it, it it was a very exciting matchup. But I think the turning point was after we got the crap kicked out of us in Game Three, when the when they had that players only meeting, right? And I think some guys were called out with their defensive intensity. Mm-hmm. And then you saw a defensively
0: focused Toronto team, right? What's well, the value of having like you know, P.J. Tucker was the loudest guy in that meeting. You know, knowing having someone who's been through it time and time again. You know what I mean? Be able to kind of walk in and have the leadership qualities to tell the guys, wake the fuck up, let's play some goddamn basketball. Well,
1: yeah, and like you say, I don't think it's something that you can quantitate. It's a quality. It's mm-hmm. qualitative. And I, you're right, it's it's huge. Uh, you know, DeRozan had, had four steals last night. When have you ever seen DeRozan have that many steals? right they held at one point in in the third quarter before they made that run they had like 48 points in the third quarter but by the end of the third quarter right before they went on that run like the defense that look sometimes bad things happen for a good reason right it's how you respond to them mm-hmm. great and 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 this may have been just what we needed to get ourselves focused for the the Darth Vader Figure waiting for us in the next round, right? Like it's the elephant in in the room now. No,
0: no, for sure. I just I want to go back to the Milwaukee Bucks, and I think they played an absolutely tremendous series with what assets they had. You but know, they you, were never that good, man. But you, yeah, Law of averages. Yeah, but you were mentioning mentioning length. You know, the ability yeah. to put out a rotation of really long, lanky, athletic long, guys. Long, quick, athletic. You yeah. know, there's massive gaps in that team. You look at, like, you know, they're running the point with Malcolm Brogdon, who realistically is a backup point guard. You know, Matthew Deladova was getting, you know, 30-plus minutes. You know, even um, you know even a guy like Michael Beasley coming off the bench. You know I mean? There were massive holes on the bench and the starting rotation, and they still took the Toronto Raptors the six games, considering they didn't have Jabari Parker in their lineup you know, that team is only going to get better. And that's one of my concerns with the Eastern Conference because you look at the youthful nature of that team, you look at the Boston Celtics potentially in the first overall pick this year in the draft, you know, is, this might be our year. This might be the year where we have to ensure we win a championship because our window is closing, the teams are getting better in the Eastern Conference, mm-hmm. and we might be a step behind in a couple years. Well, it's always impossible to predict certain things, right? Like maybe Don Maker comes up next year and blows out his ACL. Maybe he becomes a perennial all-star. We just yeah, don't, but I don't know I don't think he's necessarily the guy on the team that needs to turn the corner. I think they have guys who are established stars no, I, like Giannis and Jabari. He is. Chris he is. Right?
1: But I think what makes them scary in the future is going to be Giannis and Maker together. Yeah. I think those two you're talking about, you know, freakish athleticism
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: combined with a bunch of skill and a really
0: great coach. No, no, it's and you're absolutely right. You know, Thawne Maker, in all 30 years of his life, you know, he is, I'm, I'm just joking, Thawne Maker is probably 21. No, no, probably. but I, 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 I do agree. I, they, th- Those two guys, like, off, like, power forward, center combination, what have you, are just going to add so much length to that team. Because you could put Thawne back at the four, you could put your yeah. hands at the three, yeah. put out a center at seven foot. Maybe in Very a, flexible. Even John Henson on that team, who's, you know, a fleet of foot as well. <laughs> Knowing He's a bad Jason basketball. Kidd, he'll put one of those guys as point guard. And by the way,
1: isn't it interesting how in all of Kid's career, he hasn't really been a or with the Bucks, he hasn't really been able to have a stable point guard. No. I find that interesting. It's like nobody could can satisfy his uh, expectations. Why is
0: Jason Terry playing twenty minutes a game? Like that's clearly an issue on your team when a guy like Jason Terry, who don't you know, don't get hey, me wrong, was good a fantastic man. basketball player back in the day. But realistically, should he be playing playoff basketball? And the answer is clearly no.
1: Well, I think though, and it, it's interesting because J went with him for an extended stretch mm. last night, but he came through and he hit big shots and he hit made some steals and he was. Which is, it, it, to me, it's really interesting because when your coach believes in you, and those guys are boys, right? Like, they won a championship together. Right. He's like an on-court coach, right? Next year, he could be sitting with, with a suit on there. But I just found it very interesting. Can I see you a question? Please.
0: Right now, one-on-one, who wins, Jason Terry or Jason Kidd? Jason Kidd. Bring if off the suit, Jason. Get your ass on the yo, court. You Jason, have a point card. Yo, if Jason Kidd was playing
1: in this series... Can you
0: imagine if Jason Kidd was the ball? Realistically, I
1: think we would have had a problem. Yeah. Like, he would be the best... A Jason Kidd of a few years ago when he was playing, even when he was, like, on the Knicks, would still be an upgrade fa- from what they had. He was fantastic for the Knicks.
0: Yeah. He was fantastic. He was the reason why they were a 55-winning team. I don't know if he was the reason. He was part of the reason. How many—who have they run a point guard? How, What kind of success have they had before, like, you know, after that season? You know, they've been a decrepit no. shithole. Yeah. Um, no, I think Jason well, Kidd is still— Well, that's because your boy Melo there, bud. My boy Melo. Moving on. All right, so next series, you talked about it the proverbial Darth Vader in the Eastern Conference, the devil, the devil itself, Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Love. Interesting thing I actually read the other day about Kevin Love. His father is the brother of the lead singer of the Beach Boys, Mike Love. Did not know that. Big Beach Boys fan. Huge Beach Boys fan. Greg is lying to you. (laughs) <laughs> uh, uh, I get I am I get That's that's like the kitschy shitty beach boys back in the day. I like the psychedelic Brian Wilson on LSD sort of beach boys Fair enough. like smile. The good shit. But going back the into shit. the matchup <laughs> Um what's your impression of this of this uh of this matchup? What um mm. what, what players need to step up and what what's your prediction and what's the outcome of this? Do season? we have a chance? You ask me if you have a
1: chance? Yes. Uh do we have a chance to win or do we have a chance to be competitive? I think we can I think we absolutely have a chance to be competitive.
0: I don't know if you agree me with too, me. Me too. I
1: do. And as long as you're competitive, then you give yourself a chance to win. Obviously, the odds are not in our favor. But from all the LeBron teams I've seen over the years, this is the most vulnerable. Like, I know they swept their matchup with Indiana, but they were never uh, convincingly the defensive team that they have been. Mm-hmm. Like, I haven't. I know LeBron has turned a switch, but the rest of them, it doesn't seem like they have. So. They're vulnerable in that regard. The Raptors have to make them pay. It's going to be interesting to see if our defense can slow down this offense. Because as bad as they have been defensively, they've
0: just been able to score more than everybody. That's a fantastic point. You know, Cleveland's game plan, you know, generally revolves around outscoring their opponent. You know, however, their largest margin of victory against the Pacers is only by six points. You know, Indiana scored over a hundred points in every game, and in addition, the only. East team with a top ten ranked offense and defense during the regular season is the Toronto the Raptors. Raptors, right? The Raptors have a better defense than Cleveland, and they have a better offense than the Pacers, who only lost by an average of four points per game as a number. Yeah, no, two the Pacers deserve seed. to win.
1: I felt bad, man, like when they they collapsed there in the Fieldhouse, mm-hmm. and we had this conversation. You were like, "Nah, it's going to be sweep," and I said, "I think the Pacers are going to get one." We watched the game together where they collapsed. They realistically should have had that game.
0: No, absolutely. Um, LeBron James literally every single game had to take over the game to ensure the Cavs won. You know, he couldn't depend on his teammates too much in that series. You know, everyone, you know, Kyrie and Love had, you know, specific moments where they looked somewhat decent, but LeBron James willed that team to the second round.
1: Well look, and here's the thing, okay? And here's what I think the Raptors need to do. My humble opinion, I know Dwayne Casey's got better mm-hmm. better schemes than me. And shout out to Dwayne Casey. Someone who is always the first on the chopping block for Raptors fans. I'm I'm at the bar. They need to fire Dwayne Casey. Says the guy who
0: predicts Jerry Stackhouse as the next coach of the. Well, he'll move on
1: eventually. Okay, Casey will move on eventually.
0: Dwayne Casey's never going to die. That man's going to live to 500.
1: Dwayne Casey kept a calm, cool headed demeanor throughout this whole series, never panicked, made great. Shout out to Dwayne. Fantastic job as the coach in the series. But now, what I brought him up to say is I don't know what's in his mind, but when I'm looking at the Cavs, this is what I think you got to do. Just like we did with Giannis, you got to make LeBron a jump shooter. Cause as great of a player as LeBron James is, a transcendent talent, all time great player, mm-hmm. he is not a great shooter. Okay, they got to. Okay, so that's number one. You got to make him a jump shooter. Second, when he penetrates, put him at the line. You can't let him make plays at the basket. Okay, so on that and on that note, on that note you have to make him the primary scorer when you let cleveland right when you let lebron penetrate and kick that's when they become dangerous you have to keep lebron in front of you my god easier said than done okay but let him post up okay let him hit his shoot his fadeaway twos let him hit the threes that's fine what you don't want is a lebron james that gets to the heart of your defense and then you have him dishing. And then that's when the ball starts to move around. And then that's when the, when Kyrie Irving gets hot. That's when Kevin Love gets hot. If you watch Cleveland play, they start off trying to get the ball mm-hmm. to Love, to get him warmed up. That's their first off. And then they go to Irving. We need to make James the primary scorer to tire him out and to not let him get his teammates involved. Because he's a better playmaker than he is a scorer.
0: Absolutely, no. I one hundred percent agree. We got to force LeBron to take those shots. You know, we got to put him in uncomfortable situations and make him, you know, know, smack him. You know what I mean? Beat, like, kick the shit out of him. Like, we got guys on our team. We We got got big boys. We are
1: the toughest team in the entire NBA. I'll say it again. We are the toughest team in the entire NBA. Hot take. Stephen A. Smith needs to respect our name. Hot take. Put some respect on Toronto's name. All right, Brandon. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. What do we go out with as a starting lineup? Do you keep um, Ibaka at the 5, Norman Powell in the lineup, with DeMar Carroll at the 4? What's your
0: take on the starting lineup? That's a very interesting question. Um, You know, in theory, you'd want to have Jonas on the court because you have tremendous rebounders and a guy like Tristan Thompson right now in the playoffs who's averaging 11 rebounds per game, as well as Kevin Love, you know, who's typically known as a great rebounder as well. Even LeBron. Even LeBron's a fantastic rebounder. They
1: They have a lot of strength.
0: But... Okay, so Thompson this season, he's shooting 38.5% from the floor. So, sorry, going back to this. Jonas is shooting 38.5% from the floor when Thompson's on the court. On the other end, his you know Jonas's lack of mobility and his poor pick-and-roll defense has allowed Thompson to shoot 85% from the floor this regular season. Against the Raptors. But against the Raptors. That's a very alarming statistic. And on top of that, you know, during the regular season, team would routinely pull Valanciunas away from the basket. The Cavs would just pull him away to help open up the driving lanes for Kyrie and LeBron James. And excluding the final game of the regular season, the Cavs shot 50.7% from the floor with Valanciunas playing. That number dropped to 30% when he sat. So, I don't look, know what Ylonus's value look, is. I look, look at the Those but are but
1: great Those are great numbers. Okay. That's okay. Those are great numbers, and I know you're one of those you know, Twitter stack guys with a new right, NBA 50. analytics. Right,
0: percent But when you watch... On the floor with Jonas playing 30% when he sat.
1: But let's take a different look at it. LeBron James is a freight train. You need bodies. You Okay? We saw it last year in the playoffs without Valanciunas. When we had Biombo guarding the rim, he wasn't able to deter LeBron. J- my, JV may not be the best shot blocker, but my God, he's a big man. Right? And when you put Ibaka... And JV on the court, combine that with a little P.J. Tucker who we're going to need on LeBron. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if we started him a few times in the series to just troll him. My think, Look, my thought is, again, and, and those numbers, you know, look, it, to me, JV's more vulnerable when Fry is on the court. If you bring JV off the bench, he can't match up against Channing Fry. That's Fry why Fry great dad in,
0: Patrick Patterson on our team matchup against Channing Freyman on the floor yeah but that's why you need
1: to bring Patterson off the bench to do that mm-hmm. uh, I think you need to go size against Cleveland because we if we want any chance like we're, we want any chance against beating them we have to punish them inside we have to get rebounds we have to be scrappy and if we lose that battle they're too skilled Like, like we have to get the second chance points we have
0: to be dominant Powerful, and or we else need, they will walk all over us. And we also need both of our pl- stars, you know, DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry, to show oh, up. Okay, that goes. No, that not without saying or DeMar, saying but obviously that. the conversation is about Kyle Lowry. Um, in my opinion, I think Kyle will have a fantastic series. You know, look at Brooklyn when he faced against Darren Williams in 2014, averaged 21 points per game. Look at his matchup against Cleveland last year, he averaged 26 points per game. You know, Kyrie is averaging just shy of 25 points per game and shooting 47.4% from deep facing the Raptors, but I think Kyle Lowry can got kind of get his rhythm back. What do you think about Kyle Lowry and his matchup against Kyrie Irving? They don't have a, what, Darren Williams? Kyrie Irving? Not really I forgot about Darren t- Williams.
1: Yeah, uh, well, easier said than done on, on containing Kyrie Irving. I think what Kyle has to do is expose Irving's subpar defense. Like, the guy is hardly in his defensive stance when he plays. I think you need to tire him out by running at him. Right, and that way, when he's on offense, he's not able to make the same effort, right? Because he has to conserve some energy for his defensive assignment right. on Kyle Lowry. But I mean, you know, Lowry hasn't been all that he can be in the playoffs. Uh, that being said, like he's 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 unpredictable, and he might come out and have huge games. We need Lowry and and DeRozan to be stars. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not worried about DeRozan. I'm more worried about Lowry, especially with his back. He looks a little awkward out there, um, but yeah, he—you're right to point him out. Lowry has to have a big series because we need him to tire out Kyrie. Right. And Ibaka, I'm very confident that Ibaka is going to give fits to Kevin Love.
0: Yeah, no, I was—I was literally just about to bring that up. You know, that's a very interesting matchup, a yeah, very, fe- very interesting yeah, matchup. Yeah, the ba- oh,
1: I and again, I think Ibaka's length and quickness. Quickness is going to be the key against Kevin Love. Yeah, though. and 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 Ibaka. I would go as far to say now that Ibaka is around the same level as a Kevin Love in terms of what he's done with the Raptors, right? He's he's the, the the shots he's able to hit, but the defense that you're bringing that Kevin Love
0: doesn't bring. I think schematically, you know, if you look at the Toronto Raptors roster, and you, you have the option of you know grabbing either Serge Ibaka, Kevin Love. I Serge would take Ibaka for the Raptors Yeah, Serge over Ibaka Kevin Love. is the most logical fit. You know his you mentioned his quickness, his speed. You know his ability to run the defense, court. man. He brings defense. Yeah. Up. Exactly though, exactly his ability to draw people up in the high pick and roll, like his ability to play defense in general. Kevin Love's a fantastic player, but he does have his limitations, and you're clearly seeing it in the Cavs. It was a little masquerade on the Timberwolves when he. Putting up like 25 and 14, but this isn't the same Kevin Love on the Minnesota Timberwolves, man. This is a Kevin Love who I think is a shell of himself, and I think he's gonna have a rough series against Serge Ibaka. I I, I think yeah, I think Ibaka's gonna give him nightmares. Already moving on. I uh, got a couple more matchups. Well, to hold on, out. wait.
1: What's your prediction?
0: Oh, Raptors in six. Raps in seven. Seven. You're gonna stretch it to Homer podcast. It's the little. uh So Boston and Chicago are still playing game six. I think game six tonight. Yeah, it's three two. Three two. Yeah, I think it's game six. So, what's your uh, prediction on that matchup? And um, is there anything you taking Ron- away from it? Uh,
1: I think Chicago takes one more game from them, and they finish them off in the Gardens in game seven. Mm-hmm. But if if Rondo
0: plays in game seven, Chicago wins. Yeah, that's interesting. I, um, it's in, like, what is Rojan Rondo's value in the offseason? He's an unrestricted free <laughs> agent. Do you think a team is willing to take a gamble on him to run their second unit off the bench? Do you think he's going to get a contract? He's going to be playing overseas? Where is Rojan Rondo going to be playing next season? Rojan right? will play where he wants to
1: play. He could play somewhere in China and make some money, but I think he's still too good to do that. I think he, he's shown his worth, man. Um, his shot's better. He's still able to defend. He's a great passer, uh, floor general. Mm-hmm. Like you've said on numerous occasions, when he stood up for his teammates this year, in the face of uh, some of those comments made by Wade and Butler, I think he earned a lot of respect from uh, guys around the
0: league. See, that that's something that really pisses me off, though. You know, th- they played fantastic the first three games in the series. You know, Rojan Rondo, Jimmy Butler, Dwayne Wade, and the entire yeah, but team Rondo in general that seen as one cohesive unit. I don't like, like, I think it's a clear indication of a character and the mental drive of Butler in a way to be that sort of, you know, like, flippant. They're, like, you, like, oh, the team's starting to win, so I'm going to start now enjoying gonna, the concept yeah. of winning, you know what I mean? But now I'm going to The entire season, yeah. you can't be flippant like that, running, like, being they're on a not team. They're Especially just, Dwayne Wade, though. Like, Dwayne Wade came into this organization from Chicago, born and raised in Chicago. You know yeah, what but I mean? He's, like, he's but, supposed but, to be a leader on that team. But, that but,
1: Brandon, again,
0: I mean, we've met, I always
1: talk about this. These guys, This is the age of the celebrity athlete in the NBA, right? These guys are, are – it's all about the brand. It's all They're highly individualistic star players. Look, they've been told since they were young, you're the man. Right. Try telling the man to get on D. And that's what George Carl was saying in his book, man, AAU babies. They're hard to coach. Phil Jackson talks about this too. The modern NBA player, the superstar athlete, right? They think they're bigger than the team. They don't give you that extra effort. I think, but just, and that's why, sorry, and that's why you value guys like a DeRozan
0: or to go a, a bit higher here, uh, Kawhi Leonard, right? No, you're you're absolutely right. I 100 percent agree with you. I just think Jimmy Butler's career trajectory, you know, late first round pick, you know, yeah, who relegated is he the to the bench be? when he started, you yeah. know, and then eventually, um, not take anything away from him, worked his ass off and became the player he is today. But who the hell is he? based on his pedigree and background, to come in. To snoop snoop his nose up at those other guys. And also, Dwayne Wade. You know, you think of Dwayne Wade as a classy guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I don't, like, it It bothers me that people have this general idea of Dwayne Wade as this vocal leader, you know, this guy who's an ambassador of the sport. And you're absolutely right. He might be an AAU baby. You know, maybe our perception of Dwayne Wade, you know, his attitude was hidden over the leadership of guys like Chris Bosh, LeBron James in Miami. Maybe he's just a fucking head case. You never know. Yeah,
1: I mean his his reputation out of Miami was that he was a good leader, and he plays with a lot of heart. And yeah, he's he's a you know class act in 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 a lot of ways. But this year in Chicago, when it took time to take on um, some some of the heat, right? He didn't. Pun. He passed Yeah, right. Uh, he passed it off to his teammates. And that, I think, showed a lot. And that's what I'm saying with Rajon, going back to Rajon and the impact of him moving forward or what he can do in his career. He's got some years left, and I think that teams will be interested in him. And if he doesn't
0: come back, they lose the series. Rajon Rondo is going to go to China, pull a Stefan Marbury, and create a really shitty sneaker line and sell it to thirty bucks <laughs> us pop. Moving on, the Washington Wizards and the Atlanta Hawks are still stuck. Uh, 3-2, still playing. Um, it's been a good series It's been a great series You know what's been Blowing me away this series Is the increased value Of Dennis Schroeder Who is currently signed to What, three years 16 million per year Which is great value For he's a guy He's a player, man Well, I, I, I was not The biggest shooter fan I really wasn't Didn't play defense Inconsistent jump shot The guy's shooting 40% from he the acts three like right he's now like he's the shit right? 25 points per game seven and a half assists right now You know, he's a reason Why Atlanta's been You know And he hits big shots this, You know Absolutely He's not afraid of the moment no, for sure, and it's insane to think he's playing against a guy like John Wall, who, in my opinion, is a top three point guard, top five point guard, rather. You know, even Bradley Beal, you know what I mean? That, or, that that's, It's a really interesting matchup. What's your impression of of this game? I'm sorry, of this matchup. It's been great. It's been really... It's it's a throwback, right? It's like smash
1: mouth basketball. Mm-hmm. I've loved the adjustment uh, from the Atlanta coach, uh, Mike Budenholzer. Yep, former assistant on, yeah, on the Spurs. Spurs I, I love that he's benched Howard and gone small ball it's actually given uh some really great energy to Atlanta and allowed them to kind of play like they used to like uh with lots of passing and moving perimeter play and you know Howard had one game where he dominated but you know it's 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 looking like those those days are are gone He's a pylon yeah it's sometimes he just doesn't look mobile um
0: Gortat's obviously struggled this series, but who wouldn't when you're playing against Howard? Yesterday was ridiculous though, because I think Jason Smith had some sort of Achilles injury, and Marcin Gortat played the entire second half, and he actually looked pretty decent. Yeah, he's decent. I mean, went out without
1: Howard on the court, he looks better. What's really been interesting is that matchup between Millsap and um, Marquis Morris. Markeith Morris and all the, the 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 shit talking back and forth. I mean, some of it's just, you know, blah. Right? It's just talking
0: for talking's sake, you know? Well, I think Markeith Morris is absolutely right in the situation. This isn't, you know, like we're playing basketball in grandma's backyard. This is NBA playoff basketball. This is smash-mouth basketball. And for Paul Millsap to get upset because of the physicality of the playoff game is a complete joke. Yeah. Markeith Morris isn't as talented as Paul Millsap, and he clearly needs to have the— the only way he's going to get the edge is if he brings it to Paul Millsap physically. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know why Paul Millsap's upset about this. Do you want to be in the playoffs? Because you, like, yeah. I know maybe he doesn't have much experience. Don't you the playoffs, have like the, the biggest, joke. strongest player
1: in the conference, like right behind you? Like, what's the problem? The biggest right?
0: man, but the softest man is the same Softest time. man. Oh my god, soft man's Howard. <laughs> Alrighty. Uh, so, and then the uh, last matchup that's currently going on right now. Before uh, we move in. hold on, on Brandon. Other... Brandon. Speaking of soft man's, did you hear?
1: That Spencer Hawes is like an outspoken Trump supporter. Is he really? Well, he's. We talked about him being the face of white. People. Whoa, 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 whoa! Is yeah, he really? He is. Where did you read this? I was listening to. I'm not going to say the name of the podcast. Right. But they were saying that this is the case. Apparently, like the Milwaukee like community, uh, who is usually, you know, Wisconsin is usually very liberal. Right. But they voted Trump because Trump's promises to the working class that were obviously lies. Yeah. And Spencer Hawes is apparently a huge supporter of Trump. So, so he has a man bun and supports Trump. Ugh. Just the face of white privilege. Sorry, we sorry. I didn't mean to get you riled up. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs>
0: okay, so Spencer Hawes, Utah Jazz, Hawes, LA Clippers. Uh, Utah are currently up three-two. Clippers are without uh, Blake Griffin. Do you think Utah Jazz can close it out, or do you think the Clippers well, can scramble back and win two? The league? real
1: question is if I lose this bet, right?
0: Yep. When you lose this bet,
1: even though Griffin's
0: been injured, do I still have to give you? Absolutely, Rudy Gobert destroyed his knee in game two. And he's I think it should be name. nullified. Oh, my God. No, no, no. The bet still goes on. Okay. You uh, know Blake I... Griffin's history of injury, okay? <laughs> this isn't like, oh my god, Chris. like no, no, you know all the ramifications of this bet. You know the ins and outs, what could happen, what couldn't happen. At you least know make basketball. it a domestic. It has to be a domestic. I only drink gutter beer, Greg. I drink Molson Export and Stock Ale. I drink the beer that middle-aged white men drink in their garage in East York, okay? That is the beer that i drink. I'm on an alcohol connoisseur. I only drink microbrew. Can I get a taste of that before I No, no. I like gutter beer. That's what I stick with. <laughs> I'm continuing this rant. I don't know why. Moving on. So we're continuing to talk about the jazz. But, you know, but the, I bring up the Griffin like
1: that series now to me, it's I'm only watching it to see how much Chris Paul still has. I would like to see Chris Paul lead them past the the jazz because it, it would show his worth. I like and he has no excuse now. He has no excuse now but to show, like, no. all he has. And I think this is what – this is – you're going to see over these next two games the best performances possibly of Chris Paul's career because his back's up against the wall. He doesn't have anyone else to score. He's got to be JJ Redick! He took 28 points the other day. No, but I mean – no, so what I mean by that is – yeah, okay, he – so, uh, sorry to say, he he has fewer scoring options around him. He's going oh, right, to have to be, right. be, be yep. more offensive – Uh, Minded, And he's going to have to be all over the place. So he's going to have to take over the game. And I'm telling you, these are going to be the best games. I'm predicting some of the best games of his career. And I want to see if he can lead them past the Jazz. Because DeAndre Jordan ain't going to do it. No, no, no. I The least skilled big man. In the history of the
0: NBA, can you imagine if he signed the Dallas Mavericks and people had these like lofty expectations that he would be a twenty ten guy every single night? DeAndre Jordan isn't like is never gonna be your go to guy on the offensive side of the bu- the game. Like I just don't understand what people are thinking. And Yo, Doc he Rivers can't is even, like,
1: like he, he doesn't even have a hook shot. I think like Do- a baby hook. Doc Rivers compared him
0: to Bill Russell. He's like, you could be the next Bill. Like, Shut the fuck up, Doc Rivers. Jesus Christ. Sorry, no, I. Uh, uh, I think Chris Paul is a fantastic basketball player, but I don't think Chris Paul is your number one Hold on. guy if this you can was depend three on years ago, would
1: you say that the Clippers would still win the series if this was the same Jazz team they were playing? Yeah. This would make Chris Paul three years younger. Absolutely. So you'd think that he's. I think I'm, he. I think he's one of the top
0: five most efficient players of all
1: time, but I think. He no, needs, I'm talking right now. Where's he? Can he lead them past the Jazz? No, I don't think so. I think he can. I want to
0: see if he can. I wanna see I'm I, counting I, on you Paul. I just I don't think the Clippers are going in the series. I, I you know, I honestly yeah, wanna they're pretty see pretty demoralized. I think Chris Paul's a free agent at the end of the season. No, in one more year. One more year. I like to see, uh, I like to see him go to the Spurs. I think him and Kawhi. I think the end of his career, he should be going to an organization like the San Antonio Spurs, playing under a coach like Greg Popovich. I'd like to see him back in, up, being put in a position to win a championship. Though having Tony Parker, who you know many people say he's on his last legs. Keep in mind he scored 27 points last night. You know, having a guy like Chris Paul, having Tony Parker off the bench. What do you think about that? What do you think about him and Kawhi? The cool, oh, well, like Chris would, Paul That would know. be fantastic. Uh, I think though that that
1: still wouldn't do it. You need to upgrade a little bit on on athleticism if you're the Spurs. But, no, for but they sure. know that. But they know that.
0: That would like Spurs won that series, but realistically, like Grizzly shouldn't have won a single game. That was a Kawhi Leonard show throughout the entire context of that series. No one, there wasn't any secondary option. You know, Tony Parker had a few good games. You know, the guys chipped in once in a while, but there was no help. Hey, if whatsoever, if, if, if it was like James, Westbrook's if Lebron James
1: is the greatest player in the world. And Kevin Durant is the greatest scorer on the planet. Kawhi Leonard is the best two-way player in basketball. Like, he's, it's one, two, three, you know, put, put him where you want, you know. Because Popovich came out and said, I got the best player on my team, right? His, his defensive prowess is so impressive. The guy has vice grip hands and his effort. And he's just a great team guy, too. I think he's top three in the world for sure. I really do. A, a lot of people talk him down. But look, he plays in a system. He plays in a system. He's not going to get the same numbers because he passes the fucking ball like you should. Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, that's a great point. I just, it, it breaks my heart seeing some of the guys that I love, like Manu Ginobili, for example. put what like what three, four zero-point games in the first round.
1: What do you expect, man? Like you know, they've they they've aged, right? Father Time is undefeated. Nothing to be ashamed of. The fact that they're still playing is impressive. Oh, I'm not pissed
0: off at that. It's just heartbreaking.
1: You know, don't, like uh, that was. But no, but my... that's no, no. I'm I'm I'm, I'm not saying that. W- w- what I'm what I'm trying to say, it shouldn't be heartbreaking. You should embrace the. F- it, it it should be celebrated that they're still playing the game, right? Limitations are 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 nothing to be sad about. Dave, they've had years. You know, there were years where Manu Ginobili was the most inventive, creative, crafty talent in the league. Uh, he had some he had amazing years in, in the league. The fact that he's still playing should be celebrated.
0: He was like a James Harden light to a certain degree. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And and I think James the way that James Harden plays, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he was influenced by Manu Ginobili's oh, game. Oh, for sure.
0: Well, James Harden's first year with OKC coming off the bench, it was very Manu Ginobili-esque. You know what I mean? Yes, you yes, know, so. yes. Sorry, moving on to the uh, the last topic. Hold on, are we hold
1: on? Are we done with series?
0: We are done with the series, my friend. We are going to move on to the next round matchups next week when everything gets figured out and sorted. Yep. A couple matchups like we were talking about earlier that still need to be figured out. We'll talk
1: about Houston. And San Antonio, that is going to be one hell of a series—the Battle of Texas. Battle of Texas.
0: So the last point I want to bring up today is the resignation of Larry Bird um, mm. as the president of the Indiana Pacers. Uh, subsequently, Kevin Pritchard is going to take over the leadership of the Pacers. Who? Why did Larry step down? Step down, Pritchard, Kevin Pritchard. I don't know the guy. What the hell I is that? Yeah, uh, some 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 dude. So he's not Larry Bird. Well, he's not Larry Bird, but I think like Larry Bird has. Like Larry's been signing those one-year contracts the last few years, knowing that Kevin Pritchard's yeah, on the Yeah, you're saying Raptors he's been on his way incumbent. out for a bit. Shit, man, if Larry Bird has trust in this guy, he clearly has a good hand in his shoulders. And Larry's a consultant with the team still. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't know anything about Pritchard, but if Larry goddamn legend gives him his seal of approval, yeah. I have yeah. to think to myself, that guy's going to be incredible. The greatest President. move that Bird made before
1: leaving was bringing back Lion Stevenson. I, it, think, I think that's such a great story that Bird took him back. Right? Yeah, that was the last for stop sure, for him, for man sure. And he came back And he played so good in the playoffs, man The Pacers looked rejuvenated They really, really did
0: Irrational confidence man, Lance Stevenson Born I, ready, Lance Listen, Stevenson. Larry Bird proved that he's a champion in all facets of life The guy not only won the MVP in the NBA He also won coach of the year When he came in in 1997 and started coaching the team And he also won G, uh, manager of the year G, GM of the year you know the guy is clearly a great basketball mind. Is this Wasn't the end he, of Larry Bird's he, legacy, though? He coached. Well, is this end of end of Larry Bird's legacy as? Well, no. Ricky? The legacy lives on. Is,
1: is it the uh, end no, of his I'm,
0: career? I'm, yeah, sometimes. Is he st- Has he stopped? Is he going to accolades? Exactly. Is he still going to be involved with the NBA in some capacity? Is <sighs> he going to kind of gently move toward retirement. I mean, be I don't think yachts. there's I mean, anybody
1: outside of Larry Bird. Who knows that? And go, Lord knows that man doesn't confide in others. He is a rock. Well, I know the Orlando Magic are trying to get him as their new president. You know what I would love to see? I would love to see him go to L.A. and work with Magic Johnson. Do you think he would get along? Who cares? You don't have to get along to win. Like, I just think that would be the perfect end for those two. Mm-hmm. You know, Magic saying, hey, Larry, why don't you hop on board? Let's build a championship together. I think that would just be the best story. I mean, I'm just, you know grasping at straws here but no i don't think i think i magic. think it make
0: the magic what's there what's there for him but it would make such a great sitcom i would love to see that like some sort of like oh, yeah. reality tv show and- married magic trying to run an organization little man yeah that
1: would be amazing man
0: oh my god but no i don't know you don't go to the magic like
1: what's there for you if you're gonna take another job you're right it has to be something that, that uh adds to are, the are you kidding
0: me man mario herzonia <laughs> the croatian <laughs> sensation <laughs> Terrence Ross, baby. Ugh, Terrence Ross. Oh, God. And with that, Terrence Ross. Uh, Guys, we're out. Thank you very, very much for listening. Again, this is Greg Uroshottis. Brian Kajimoko. I am your producer and as your host. Thank you very much, guys. Peace out. Ah! (laughs) T-Dot.